I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. It's 11.07. Brian Kelly just wrapped up the news. Did you see Brian's tweet this morning? BK tweeted from Sam Farmer of the LA Times, his story about the NFL's return to LA. Brian tweeting this quote, the weightiest document of all was just two pages, a 2012 letter to all 32 teams that read as a keep out sign to some and a how-to guide to others. And then he has a quote from... NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, Stan mentions that memo almost every time he talks to me. Hmm. Really? Is that so? <laughs> well, alrighty then. Uh, let's get to golf. Dan Reardon, the KMOX longtime golf editor, is with us. How are you, sir? Doing fine, Tom. Enjoying this week uh, with the professional golf back in town. It has been phenomenal. Cardinal baseball at Bush Stadium coming up in two hours, and you're already underway at the Ascension Charity Classic at Norwood Hills Country Club. The Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. First, before we talk about the leaderboard and the leaders go off at noon, what a tournament. I mean, really, what an atmosphere. You've had a lot of fans, and you've had a lot of great people come through there, Dan. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the the. Promotion yesterday paid off big dividends. I see they're, they're quoting numbers as high as 18,000 in attendance on Saturday. And the promotion I'm talking about is the is the Legends Challenge that involved Jack Nicholas, Tom Watson, Hale Irwin uh, as well, but uh, then Craig Berube and Ozzy Smith playing a nine-hole exhibition. There were some logistical issues that they had to deal with uh, getting underway, but on balance, like I said, a severe boost in attendance on that day. And I think everybody enjoyed the experience. I went to the Cardinals game, so I wasn't able to be there for the duration of that nine hole challenge, but I watched it on golf channel and I thought they did a nice job kind of cycling back and forth between the leaders, Dan, and the matchup, obviously, because it's going to attract a lot of eyeballs of Nicholas and Ozzy against Watson and Barubi. I thought that was neat how they worked that together. It made St. Louis look pretty good on national TV. There, there was, like I said, there were a couple of issues that, that arose. First of all, you know, they scheduled them to play after the final group, uh, the leaders, mm-hmm. had, had made the turn uh, and headed to the back nine. 
And, and that didn't work out quite as well as they thought because they headed the, the players out that direction while the leaders were on the ninth hole. And so that trio of, of, uh, of, of leaders from the first day, Gardos and Barron and, uh, and Dawson, they had to deal with a little bit of distraction, uh, particularly on the ninth fairway and then once again on the 10th tee. Uh, the other thing I heard uh, a report, and I don't know if this is true or not, there was a report because Hale Irwin was doing on-course commentary uh, for the exhibition, so they had speakers uh, on a cart. And there was a report that VJ Singh was uh, finding it very distracting to hear the noise in the background, even though he was several holes removed, but he was also on the back nine. So like I said, there were logistical issues that they had to deal with. But in terms of the galleries and in terms of the product, I think they uh, both were very, very good. Well, I mean, golf is changing, and sometimes, you know, it's okay to have a little fun, even if a player is distracted. It's part of it. I mean, you hear gallery roars in, in major championships. You hear all kinds of stuff going on, heckling and whatnot. I mean, I'm not saying that you're supposed to heckle at a golf tournament, but, you know, things do happen. I mean, it's not going to be pristine, total silence out there. Uh, I think I think times are changing in golf a little bit, Dan. Well, it's, it's a conversation that I had with Jim Furyk on uh... – Wednesday, I guess it was, uh, t- uh, Thursday, I'm sorry, talking about the Ryder Cup. And the, the question I raised to him was, uh, is the circus gotten too great uh, in terms of uh, uh, working against the performance of the players? He, he sort of misunderstood what I was talking about. He thought the galleries you know, were making noises while the players were, were uh, getting shots, and that was true in Minnesota at Hazeltine, not so true at, in Paris. But I was really referring to whether the players – we're getting too much involved in cheerleading and losing focus on the actual playing of a Ryder Cup. And it'll be interesting to see at Whistling Straits um, what the next level of that might be. That is interesting. I'm going to try to catch up with Colin Montgomery at the golf course when he finishes today and get his thoughts on the changing uh, Ryder Cup. He is uh, two under for the championship. We'll get to the rest of the leaderboard in just a moment. That's some interesting thoughts there from Furyk. Uh, You also had a conversation with Jack Nicklaus, the Golden Bear, there at Norwood Hills, and you asked him... Jack, when they talk about golf course architects, they talk about the signatures of their design, whether it be Tillinghast or Jones or whoever it might be. Can we sign it for you? Fifty years from now, when they talk about Nicholas courses, what we're going what are the design features that you think they'll talk about? Oh, I don't know. I hope I, I, I couldn't name a design feature for anybody that's designed in the past. So I don't necessarily think he'll be designed something that I call a feature in the in the future. Uh, what we've done is uh, there's nothing new, probably in golf course design. It's, it's how you apply it, and uh, and the uh, uh, and you know, I just sort of uh, apply what I think my eyes tell me should be there. Years ago, I asked a Catholic Irish priest, "What's the difference between golf and Ireland and the U.S.?" He said, "That's easy. We play it for fun." Is that a good design philosophy? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, the uh, the game should be fun. There's no question about that. But I think that uh, from a design the design standpoint, you know, I think that the golf course most average golfers don't really know much about what design really is. So if you can make the golf course aesthetically pleasing and make it be pretty, and so a place they can go enjoy, have time, good time with their friends, uh, and they come away and have and have a nice day, I think most people are happy with that. 
Now if you can take that same piece of property and put good golf shots in it, then the better player likes it too. So if it's aesthetically pleasing with good golf shots, that's sort of been my philosophy. And you talked earlier today about the big picture with what you're doing over at Normandy Park. Narrow it down to a small thing, the golf course. You've got a 120-year-old golf course with its own design features. How do you draw the balance between preservation of design and replacement of design? I won't preserve anything. I mean, I, I think that actually back in 120 years ago, they routed the golf course pretty well. So I'm going to keep a, a very, very high percentage of that routing. I tried to go the other way and go around. I couldn't make it work. And so I came back and said, I think it's a little easier to move a little bit of dirt and keep pretty much what they have. And uh, we've expanded a few places to get a driving range and uh, get some parking and get some, uh, uh, some better flow to a few things. But uh, I think we're going to end up with a very nice golf course. Thank you very much. My pleasure. That is the 18-time major champion, Jack Nicholas, with our Dan Reardon. And Dan, uh, he is, when he puts his hands on a project, is turning not only golf courses into beautiful pieces of property, but he's changing the entire area. And that's the idea here for North County and for Normandy. And, you know, that, that last answer was what I really wanted to hear from Nicholas because that's controversial. Uh, a lot of people who are in, uh, invested in Normandy – when I say invested, I mean emotionally. We're hoping that there would be a lot of preservation of the original layout. And what basically Jack is saying is, I'm not going to preserve that layout at all. What you're going to see is a new golf course uh, tracing what he called the, the bones of the original golf course, but a very new golf course. And uh, like I said, you'll get mixed feelings about that. But Jack made it very clear that what he's going to do is he's going to build a Nicholas course on that property, and he's going to use some of the old elements in doing so. Well, I can't wait to see it. I, it is going to take time, and money is going to have to be raised. He has raised millions and millions of dollars in his life, that is for sure, and told me and many others that this is among uh, the greatest uh, thing, maybe at, at this point the proudest thing he's ever done in his golf career is to transform neighborhoods, to transform cities in many ways and bring them back to life. Dan, the Ascension Charity Classic is certainly benefiting North County. Mary Grove, Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater St. Louis, uh, Urban League also benefiting from the Ascension Charity Classic. So there's a great purpose there, but it also has quite the field. I mean, who knows who's going to join it next year, but if you look at the top of this leaderboard and you have Furyk knocking on the door at 7-under, one shot off the lead, you have Vijay Singh two shots back, you have David Toms and Jerry Kelly and Belleville's Jay Haas, Bernard Longer is still within striking distance. It's a pretty good field, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and you have to know this about senior golf. Um, the leaderboard on Sunday is a lot more volatile than it would be on the PGA Tour. Uh primarily because you're dealing with uh, guys who are 50 and then up from there. So you have Jay Haas, who I think is 68. So when you get to that third round, it, it becomes a battle physically for many of the players, depending on their age, to hold up in that environment. And so if you were handicapping, just looking at this field, and I would say, you know, there's 15 players uh, within uh, that, that group of uh, players that, from eight to five under, I would say any of those players could win this championship. But if you were handicapping, you would handicap for guys that have a history, one, that they've done one on this tour and one on the other tour, and two, are young enough. So a Furyk would jump out at me as, as a player. You know, Alex Cheka has had a great breakthrough year uh, on, on this Champions Tour. Came from nowhere on almost a sponsor's exemption to win a couple of majors. 
So you look at the guys that are 50, 51, 52, and think of those guys as probably the more, more predictable entities on Sunday than, say, a longer at 64 or a Jay Haas at 68. In any case, you know, it, it is an interesting leaderboard. You've got a guy at the top of the leaderboard in Ken Tenagawa who got his amateur status back for 15 years and then went back to play professional golf. And yesterday he went out and had two eagles and two birdies on the front nine. You know, he's not going to do that today. But uh, it's, it's just a mo- more volatile environment and, therefore, I think a little more entertaining to the galleries. Absolutely right. So the leader right now is Ken Tanagawa at 8-under. Doug Barron is also 8-under. They'll tee off at 12.01 today. Yet to go off the tee, those tied at 3-under. Rod Pampling, Alice Checa, and Jim Furyk, Dan. Rocco Mediate, Dickie Pride, West Shore Jr., Vijay Singh, all at 6-under. And then at 5-under, that group, Kevin Sutherland, Kenny Perry, David Toms, Jerry Kelly, Jay Haas, and Steve Flesh. You had uh, a couple of great names here in St. Louis, Jay Delsing and Jay Williamson. They got off to good starts on Friday, but yesterday Delsing shoots a 77, Williamson a 78. They're both plus six, but they are paired together, Dan, and they teed off earlier this morning, which means they're probably coming in right about now. They had a 737 tee time. And they're not going to want to talk about their rounds because both of them are working in rounds that could finish them in the 80s. They were eight and nine over on today's round with holes to play, uh, they're happy to have had a chance to uh, get out and compete again in a senior tour event, but I'm sure they will not be happy with the way they finish on Sunday. Yeah, definitely a nice story, though, for Jay Delsing, who caddied at Norwood Hills and hit the first tee shot in the history of the tournament at 8-10 on Friday morning. What is the future of this tournament, Dan? I mean, do you see growth here? I do, uh, in terms of hospitality and everything else. All of it is on the back nine, but uh, who knows what that front nine could look like and what this tournament could look like down the road. My hope for the next year is that the field we saw this year is the same kind of field that we see next year, that this was not just everybody show up, all hands on deck for this tournament because it's a first-year event. Uh, hopefully the players like the golf course, and we have every indication that they did like the golf course, that they like the community. I think we cannot draw a comparison with Boone Valley where, where the senior tour was at one time because of the, the distance that people have to travel, the cost to get into this event is different. So no, I think it's a very positive circumstance. If you project into the future that they, you know, they will run into a situation if Bell Reeve literally does come up with the 2026 BMW championship, which would be a fall event. They then have to decide how to move that event. Do they move it to late spring or early summer for one year to get out of the way? But no, I've been very impressed with the players. I've been impressed certainly with the logistics of the golf course. Uh, They've made it fit. They've made the transportation work. I, I think it's a very positive growth. And in terms of, I don't know who the guys turning 50 next year are going to be. The name that you you would like to see in the field next year would be Mickelson. And by that time, he will probably be more a senior golfer than a tour golfer and not an assistant captain on the Ryder Cup. And maybe we see Phil in St. Louis. Well, between your coverage and uh, Marina Horton the, of the Golf Happy Hour on KMOX and uh, Brian Kelly of our KMOX newsroom and Mike Claiborne has been out there. It's been a strong KMOX presence, and we will be with them every step of the way. I'll be out there a little bit later today, so I'm looking forward to taking in the final round on Sunday at Norwood Hills Country Club. Everybody jumping in and helping with interviews. Great stuff with Jack Nicholas. You and I also had a chance to chat for a few moments with John Daly. We're going to play that next, but for now, Dan, we appreciate the time on sports on a Sunday morning. Great to talk to you.
Enjoyed it, Tom. The Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson at Norwood Hills Country Club. Tom Ackerman in downtown St. Louis. Cardinal baseball pregame is one hour away. Much more to come. John Daly, John Mosellock, and our NFL picks for week one. It's all next. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you. It's 1126. Earlier this week, Dan Reardon, who you just heard from, from the Ascension Charity Classic, and I had a chance to visit on the ninth green with two-time major champion John Daly. Oh, it's just a great, great city. I've always loved it. I lived in Jeff City for a few years, and we got beaten in state high school football by St. Charles. Now they were good back in then, but we almost, we almost got the state. But uh, no, I just, I love this state. I love St. Louis. Great fans. I'm the biggest Cardinal fan you could ever think of. So it's an honor more than anything. And the bobbleheads are so funny. It's going to be great. And. Uh, on the first pitch yet. I've been texting Pujols today. I told him, will you just put the Cardinal uniform on again, please? But uh, he says, I want to catch the first pitch, and I wanted Yachty to, but uh, unfortunately the players can't do it. So I got Ryan Franklin, who pitched in the 2011 World Series. He's a good buddy of mine, so he's going to catch all the pitches. It, it'll be fun. I mean, it's a great golf course. The greens are perfect, and, uh, you know, it's. I think the guys, we're going to have a good time here. John, you, you yeah. played in this area before there was a developmental tour. You come up here and play in the Bogey Hills Invitational and the St. Louis Open and those kinds of events. What do you remember about that time in your career? Uh, it was a USGT and the PGT tours and the Hooters tour and all that. Yeah, Bogey Hills was our what we called our mini tour masters tournament because the greens were so fast. It's such a great little golf course. And, um, you know, I think I came back after I won the PGA because I wanted to play it so bad again. Uh, now we had a blast. That was our, like, elite, knowing that the green, that was our masters because the greens were going to roll 12, 13, 14 on the stamp. And all the, all the mini tour guys love going there and playing there. I've just been a Cardinal fan all, all, since I was four. And that's when I moved to Arkansas. And that's when I fell in love with the Cowboys, the Razorbacks, the Celtics, and the Cardinals. And um, I've just loved them. I mean, the, the legacies of the, the legends of the game, the Cardinals are always a team that's you know gonna always have a chance to make the playoffs the organization's so good and we got to win some games now to make it but it's just a great great organization and the guys are just all the all the guys have been great i mean the baseball players to me are just more laid back than pretty much any human beings i've ever met in my life especially the pitchers well you connect with them well and you've casually mentioned me before yeah i texted this guy i talked to this guy that's that's a common thing for you talk you keep up with those guys all the time yeah i've kept up Pujols ever since he left the cardinals and uh i got to see him in newport two years ago uh he's really good friends with demarco because he's a florida florida guy but um got to meet him he gave me a 600 bat and the and the camouflage jersey signed it to me so yeah, there's more Cardinal baseball jerseys in my house than pretty much most of any other baseball teams, but I got quite a few of them. And I know we're going to have some guys catch up with you at the ballpark, but just right now, leading up to it, what is what is it like to know you're going to throw out that first pitch tonight? 
Ah, it'd be fun. It's probably my 10th or 11th time. Hopefully I can get it to Ryan. <laughs> I just want to do better than Fluff yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Fluff, that's the uh, caddy for Jim Furyk. So John Daly did throw out the first pitch later that day. He decided to sign it and then chuck it into the stands, and he actually didn't get it far enough. Said it slipped out of his hand, and it actually hit the netting behind home plate, so he was able to pick it up and throw it a second time into the seats. What a nice souvenir for somebody, an autograph ball from John Daly. John Mosellock, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, is next on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX. John Mosellock joins us. Cardinals president of baseball operations is live at 1135. How are you, Mo? Good morning. I'm doing well. Good morning. Uh, sorry to keep you five minutes past your scheduled time, but I appreciate the time very much as always. It has been a busy day. I mean, we've got all kinds of stuff going on. The NFL starts today. College football last night. The Ascension Charity Classic. Lots of golf coverage here in St. Louis, but nothing, and I mean nothing, with all respect to everybody, can put electricity through the city like when the Cardinals do something special, and they did. Here's the call, eighth inning last night. Arnado one for three tonight, one out of six in the series with two runs scored and a run batted in. Goldschmidt takes a big lead at third. Arnado swings and hits a drive to left field. Way back to the wall. It's a goner. A two-run homer right. for Nolan Arenado. Six to four Cardinals in the eighth. Big, big two-run homer, huh? I smell the coffee brewing. Arnado touches home plate, congratulated by Paul Goldschmidt. And Arnado is being congratulated by his teammates as he goes down the steps of the first base dugout. He would be called back out by that crowd last night of 33,404 for a curtain call as Nolan Arenado hits the home run to put you up 6-4. John Mosellock and the Cardinals get a big, big win. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, certainly exciting. Um, you know, when you take a look at last night's game, I mean, the nice thing was to come back, right? I mean, you're down four and um, had an opportunity to put up some runs, even had one taken away. But uh, still walk out of that with the victory was, was a really nice feeling and very much a team effort, and it was good to see. And when you look at Miles coming back in, I think, you know, he's still got to get past that maybe one difficult inning that he's he's been prone to. But overall, I think uh, his stuff is looking improved. And so hopefully um, it's a good sign, especially when you're starting to think about 2022. But um, I was uh, speaking to a group last night, and I think everybody would agree we're still focused on the here and now, and, and that's where our energy will be. Yeah, here you are, two games out of a wild card spot in the National League and a lot of opponents coming up fighting for that. The Reds today, the Padres next weekend, a lot to get to between now and then, including today's game with Jay Happ throwing the first pitch at 115. And you're right. I mean, that yesterday, Miles Michaelis is definitely part of that story. Give him credit for innings one, two, four, and five, uh, especially four and five, bouncing back from that, John. And uh, that's what you like to see. And then your bullpen. I mean, Henesis Cabrera comes in and we know that he's been out for a little while. He comes back. He looked good, didn't he? Two scoreless innings for Cabrera. Yeah, that was great to see. I mean, obviously getting contributions from those big arms and, uh, you know, look, when you think back to the last couple of weeks, I mean, we've had some tough losses late. And so 
um, to to be able to go start to finish in a game. That that's great to see. And you know the bullpen in, in the month of September is under a lot more scrutiny, under a lot more pressure because because games seem to matter more, even though they don't mathematically, but they feel like it. And so you know getting a game like that, like I said earlier, it's just it's just a good feeling. So hopefully we can build on it, get a little momentum, and uh, as we as we hit the road for a short road trip. Same trio, different order. Cabrera, Reyes, and Gallegos finished the job 6-4 over the Reds. And you have a couple other members of your bullpen that have been very, very nice. McFarland, who for the first time I mean, in a while, I mean, that's pretty rare for him. He gave one up the other day, but uh, he's been very good. Luis Garcia. Uh, what did you see in Garcia, the former closer for the Yankees AAA team? You know, it was actually both McFarland and, and Garcia that when – we were just looking for some strike throwers. If you remember the month of, of June, and, and the month of June in baseball can be a, a unique time to acquire talent because a lot of players that are on minor league free agent contracts have outs. Outs usually start in May, May 15th, May 30th, maybe June 1st, June 15th, etc. in those increments. And so, you know, as, as we were struggling um, toward the end of May, in June, we started really focusing on that. Unfortunately, a lot of the players that we identified were getting just added to major league rosters. And so we finally had an opportunity to get McFarlane and Garcia. And really the, the, the genesis behind both was their just ability to throw strikes. And if you think back to that time period, you know, we were um, giving way too many free passes. We just felt like um, this would be a, a nice quick solution for us. And, you know, overall, I think the the return on that's been extremely positive. And 24 strikeouts and four walks to Garcia's credit. And to your point, McFarlane also very efficient there, 15 strikeouts and six walks as the Cardinals will go today with another one of your acquisitions, Jay Happ. He and Lester have been able to stabilize that rotation. Lester's been exceptionally good, hasn't he? I mean, even in a defeat, when, when he is on, uh, the Cardinals are just a better team. It's just that veteran presence, you know, someone that doesn't scare. He understands what he's doing. Um, you know, you, you think back to the trading deadline. I know we got beat up pretty hard for what people said we just didn't do enough of, but really the, the players we brought in have been, you know, helpful. And, you know, that's what the trading deadline's for. And so, you know, Lester, other than that first start, has been someone that's been giving us some critical innings. And, you know, Haps had one bad start, but overall been pretty effective as well. So, you know, given the fact that, that you know, people like Jack Flaherty are still nursing injuries, having guys that can come in and, and, and take the ball, are, that's really important. Definitely want to know about Jack. Uh, I, I understand that uh, Jordan Hicks is just not going to be able to do it for you this year. But uh, that, as I mentioned to Mike Schilt, that's like having a couple of Ferraris in the garage that you, that you can't use right now. What, what, what about Flaherty, though? How, what's the latest there? So um, hopefully uh, over the next few days he can ramp himself up to, to throw a bullpen perhaps on Thursday. And then from there you'll have a better idea of, of really what the next uh, – couple weeks might look like but um overall his throwing program is going well but you know each step is is sort of a new hurdle so i think by the end of the week we should have a better idea of what that looks like and i know we'll have an eye on dakota hudson today won't we he's going to make a start for double a springfield yeah i think uh his his uh progression has been great so you know fingers crossed that can continue and you know hopefully uh at some point this month we see him well, let's look forward to seeing that. And then otherwise, I mean, this Cardinals team right now uh, has 
I think the Paul DeYoung home run yesterday is a big deal. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's it was it got you on the board, but that's a player that you've wanted to see put some consistency together. You know what he has, his skill set. That has to be a big confidence boost for him, as Edmundo Sosa has been a little banged up, although, as Mike told us, available today. You know, I, I hope Paulie can can use something to to jumpstart him. Um, obviously, the year has not gone as planned. You know, he showed signs of it, then of course had the injury, and you know that I think just sort of threw him off track. And you know, as you look at our team, you've got to have contribution from from different parts of your club on any given day. And you know, Sosa's been able to step in and, and bring a little energy and, and offense. Uh, to that position, and that's been great to see. So Paulie, you know, has a little opportunity here, ought to take advantage of it, but I think you're right. Last night was one of those moments where, you know, you hope he can build from that because, look, he's he's also has to think about, like, what the future might look like too because, you know, ultimately, we've like I said, we have to have consistent production from, from certain places, and, you know, we feel pretty good about our corners. Obviously, Yachty's coming back. Our outfield is is really doing what we thought it would do, and and uh, you know even there we can we can get more, but it's been encouraging of what you're seeing. So uh, to echo your point, hopefully Paulie can uh, build from that and, and take another step forward. And just to circle back to how we started as we wrap up here with John Mosellock, this is one of the reasons you acquired Nolan Arenado. I mean, we know his ability at third base, we know his ability to hit home runs. For goodness sakes, I mean, he just hands you thirty home runs. It's really remarkable, but. Big moments, and who knows uh, what could happen here, but you're in basically playoff mode every day, and he, no matter what is stacked against him numbers-wise, he's up there ready to rip, and he ripped one yesterday, two of them actually. That at bat on that triple was something special. You know, it's it's big players or great players do great things, right? And that's what we needed last night in a big way, and, and we got it. And so um, you, you can't expect that every day. Baseball's a hard game. Hitting's hard. But, you know, putting pressure on the other team is what you're trying to get your offense to do. And uh, to your point, we, we were doing that yesterday. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we even lost a run in that game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was talking to Bader afterwards. I'm like, yeah, just touch the bag. <laughs> um, but overall, it's it, it was a good game. It was a game we needed. And t- you know, hopefully, like we just treat every day as as that is the most important game of the year, and we'll just uh, keep uh, plowing forward. We'll see what happens. John Mosellock, we appreciate it as always. Thank you. You bet. Be well. You too. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Our NFL picks with Lauren Lovett right after this. Welcome back, sports on a Sunday morning. Cardinal baseball comes your way at one fifteen with a twelve twenty pregame, but it is also NFL. Week one, and we have some lineup of games for you. First of all, we are the home of the Kansas City Chiefs. The Browns visit the Chiefs today at 325. You can hear that game on 97.1 FM. KMOX does have the Cardinals today, but you can be sure we'll have a lot of Chiefs games uh, coming up here, right here on KMOX. Well, joining us to do some NFL picks, we bring in Lauren Lovett. Lauren, good morning. You're going to go head-to-head with me. How are you doing? I am I am well, thank you. Happy NFL Sunday. It is great to be along with you, and happy NFL Sunday to you. You know your football, so I'm a little nervous here because it's week one, and you're probably way ahead of the game. But I want to start, Lauren, with Browns at Chiefs. So the Cleveland Browns, okay. an upstart team, and the Chiefs, obviously a team 
uh, filled with heavyweights. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, every sign indicates that the Browns are a much improved team this year. Um, but that being said, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football. Uh, and he now, with an O-line improvement, has time to throw the ball, uh, which was their really only weakness last year. So uh, with that being fixed, I'm going to give it to the Chiefs. Chiefs can win today. You're taking Chiefs. I'm going to take Chiefs also, so we're going to be okay. even on that one. I like the Chiefs in that one, too. All right, let's do okay. some noon games. So Philadelphia at Atlanta, the Eagles at the Falcons. What do you think there? Philly might have an advantage with the run game here, but this is uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, only his fifth game. And with only three preseason games, I'm going to have to give it to the team with a more veteran QB. So I think Matt Ryan's going to get it done for the Falcons today. Okay, I'll go against you. I'll say the Eagles on the road, and we'll see what happens there. Eagles, my pick, and Lauren has the Falcons. Pittsburgh at Buffalo, that's a good matchup. What do you think there? Uh, Buffalo has a tremendously solid offense and defense, and they're playing at home. And Josh Allen is a total stud. There's almost nothing he can't do besides maybe beat Patrick Mahomes. Um, and they've had, what, the second-best offense for the last two years, and they've improved their defense. So um, the Bills win this game. You know, I'm going to agree with you on this. I think the Bills win this game also. I think the Steelers will keep it close. But I love Josh Allen, too. I think he's my yeah. second-favorite player in the NFL right now. Number one player to me in the NFL, my favorite player is Aaron Rodgers. He takes on the New Orleans Saints today. This game has been moved to Jacksonville. Who do you like there, Packers and Saints? Packers and Saints, yeah. I mean, sad situation for the Saints. They've sadly been displaced for the last few weeks, so they lose their home field advantage. Um, And like you said, I think the Packers win this one. They have Aaron Rodgers with weapons all over the place and a strong O-line. I mean, Devontae Adams, Valdez Scanling, I think this is a, a Packers win. I am going to just play devil's advocate as much as I love okay. Rodgers. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Saints here. Uh, I'm going to go okay. Saints just to see what happens. I have this feeling maybe just with everything that's happened, they might be able to pull together and get the job done and see if they can beat the Packers. Uh, Seahawks at Colts is an interesting one. As Carson Wentz makes his debut yeah. for Indianapolis, Lauren. This one I actually was kind of on the fence with. Um, the Colts are at home. They have a tremendous defense, uh, bringing back T.Y. Helton and Marlon Mack. Um, they got Michael Pittman. Um, but on the, all that being said, I mean, the Seahawks have their weapons, too. They got who I like to call Megatron, D.K. Metcalf. Uh, they got Lockett. I don't know. I think it's going to come down to the QBs here. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to go. I think Russell Wilson beats Carson once. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks on this one. I'll go against you on that. I'll take the Colts at home. We'll see what happens there in that opener. Uh, let's skip over to Cardinals at Titans. Derrick Henry, an absolute uh, dynamo for this Tennessee team, Lauren. It's going to be uh, a ton of fun to watch the size and the skill on the Tennessee offense side of the ball. Derrick Henry, I mean, a beast. Now you've got Julio Jones opposite A.J. Brown. This is a physically punishing offense. Um, I think the Titans win at home. I'm going to say also Titans. I agree with you on that. So we both picked the Titans. Okay. The Chargers at Washington. Uh, these Ooh. are uh, a couple of teams with some young players. You got uh, yes. the quarterback uh, for the Chargers, Justin Herbert. Uh, yep. Chase Young, really like him out of Ohio State, uh, on the edge for Washington. What do you think about Chargers at Washington? Uh, I love me some Justin Herbert. I think he set almost every rookie uh, QB record last year uh, with weapons like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Jared Cook. I mean, they're going to look amazing. I do love me some Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's really ever started a season where he was actually expected to be the number one for the whole season. Um, So I just think, I think that, uh, I think that the Chargers are going to take this one. 
I'm going to go Washington on that just to go against you. I think that's going to be a tight game. Plus, Washington mm-hmm. is my fantasy defense, and I need them to be good. Okay, you do uh, need them to be the, good. <laughs> the Bears at the Rams. The, everybody in Chicago is just falling all over themselves about Justin Fields. And the Rams, Los Angeles has Matthew Stafford as their quarterback. Yep. What do you think? The Rams are far and away the better team, in my opinion. I think the only real intrigue here is if Justin Fields will play. Um, So I think that this is a a win for the Rams. I'm going to say that also. I think the Rams are far and away the better team, as much as I hate to say that. And they they will (laughs) get the win in this one. Jets at Panthers. I'm skipping around a little bit, but I'm just kind of having some fun with it. Back to a noon game today. The Jets at Carolina. Lauren. Uh, I'm going with the Jets over the Panthers. Uh, they have an amazing defense. They just need to find a way to contain Christian McCaffrey. Um, and the other, the only real intrigue again in this is what is Sam Darnold going to do against the team that dropped him for the guy that they and the guy they dropped him for. So um, I think it'll be an interesting game. Uh, but I think the Jets take this one. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go against you on that. I'm going to pick Carolina on that one. Uh, so all right, all I'll right. take Carolina. You got the Jets. Dolphins at Patriots. What are your thoughts on this one? Being from Boston originally, the Patriots are my team. Um, You know, I've been a fan since back to the Bledsoe days before we, you know, were enjoying the glories of the championships with Tom Brady. But um, I love the decision to go with Mac Jones. Um, I also think it's really cool that we have the last two Alabama QBs facing off today. Um, But I love the decision to pick up Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, which is a great security blanket. Um, Mac is perfect for this offense. He's great with the no huddle offense. I think he's going to work great with McDaniel. So despite the Dolphins having a really strong secondary, I think he should be able to move the ball well. And I think the Patriots win this. I'm going to go Dolphins to go against you. And then in the interest of time, just picks here, just your team you think is going to win Vikings at Bengals. Vikings at Bengals. I'm giving that to the Vikings today. All right, and I'll take Cincinnati. 49ers at Lions. 49ers. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Broncos at Giants. Broncos. I also will agree with you. Giants are going to have a long season. Jaguars at Texans. Uh, I'm also going to go. I'm going to go with the Jags here. I see the Jags winning here. I will also agree with you on the Jags. Lauren, it's been a pleasure. We will see who wins head-to-head in this week one of the NFL. Have a great day. Sounds good. Thanks. Love you, too. Lauren Lovett with us on KMOX. We'll continue right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.